0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Tuesday. April 11th, 2023. It's 12 noon here on the East Coast of the United States. Larry Johnson joins us uh, today. Larry, I've been very anxious to uh, speak with you as soon as I read about these uh, uh, classified Intel documents, some of which were released a week ago today, some of which, I say released, posted on the internet, some of which were uh, posted on Good Friday. This show was dark uh, on Good Friday. Uh, all of which appear to be authentic. I'll ask you in a moment if, in your view, they are authentic, and all of which appear to uh, pertain to what the government knows uh, or what uh, some analysts want the government to know about the the readiness of Ukraine to fight and and its military stability and strength vis-a-vis the Russians. So let me start with the basics. Is there any question in your mind, Larry, uh, about the authenticity of these documents?
2: No, I, they, they are 100% authentic in my view. I, I I worked for 30 years looking at documents like this, uh, so it, this notion that these are fabrications—that's uh, that, nonsense.
1: And and who would have prepared this, or in what kind of an intel setting? would these documents have been made known to the person who ultimately got them out
2: to the public? Well, the actual report that these documents were contained in was not, think of this as like a a classified reader's digest. In other words, you've got a variety of different sources from different parts of the intelligence community bringing in articles together that are then assembled and presented as a daily, Reading brief, uh, one of these briefs I'm told is 130 pages every day, and so it comes from different sources. So the the people that actually wrote the original intelligence, they some came from CIA, some came from the Defense Intelligence Agency, some came from the National Security Agency. So it's important to understand that it wasn't just one author of this.
1: And and was this more or less in a PowerPoint presentation made in some federal facility, I think you call it a skiff, you can tell us what that is in a minute, Uh, in the presence of numerous people, each of whom were either looking up at the PowerPoint or saw it on their desktops. I mean, for for what reason was this Reader's Digest thing prepared other than to inform persons entitled or required uh, to receive it of what, what was in there?
2: Well, there's a, it's part of the function of the intelligence analyst to produce a daily report that top policymakers can read, uh, but also the people who are producing it can read it. So it's not like it's only, only the generals are gonna see it. You'll have lots of captains and majors, even lieutenants, as long as they have the top secret clearance. The key in this process is this was top secret information which means no possibility that is in for all this foreigners are not given access to top secret information. All right, the, uh, Larry, so, let
1: me stop let me stop you for a minute because the communication broke up for just a second. Tell us what top secret no foreign
2: is. Well, top secret by definition is no foreign. No foreign is a designator attached to secret documents sometimes to confidential documents that means not for foreigners. So if you're not a U.S. citizen and you don't have clearances, you don't get the reading. No, no matter no, who you tops. are, even if,
1: even if you're the foreign minister of Great Britain, uh, even if you're, the, oh, if you're the secretary general of NATO, you're not American, you're, you can't see this.
2: Correct. So that okay. the United States will not share top secret material. We, we wouldn't share it with Boris Johnson when he was prime minister in the U.K. So okay. it's top secret tells you right away that this comes from a U.S. citizen. Because there's no other, no other possible way except if a foreign government had a spy inside the, the, the U.S. intelligence community, U.S. national security community, that accessed this document and then turned it over to a foreign government. That's the only way.
1: Are these um, documents uh, available for anybody to see now? One, one of our uh, writers writes that these documents are everywhere, uh, okay. that the originals are out there everywhere. So what what did you see and where did you see it? And if anybody wants to look at them, where can they go to see them?
2: Yeah, that's that's simply not true. They, I keep hearing about this trove of documents that's on the Internet. I've seen about 10. So that 10, in my view, is not a trove. Uh, the media is reporting that, that there are 53 pages out there. They're not all in one place, that, that's for sure. Uh, but it has been a limited release. But what is out there and what I have seen, uh, it, it's, it certainly appears valid, genuine. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that the information contained in it is accurate. And remember, it's also a snapshot in time. Most of this okay. information is from February 28th or March 1st. So it's not, you know, you got to think of this as just one snapshot. It doesn't provide you a full view of what has gone on since then. Okay. As I understand
1: the documents, there are several revelations, none of which will surprise you, because this is what you look at for a living, but much of which will surprise uh, the American public. (coughs) First, that um, American defense officials have not always been uh, truthful. Second, uh, that American defense officials uh, believe that Ukraine, uh, Ukraine's uh, air defenses will be reduced to near zero by the end of next month. Third, the kill ratio is seven to one, meaning the Russians kill seven Ukraine soldiers for every one the Ukrainians kill uh, right. of, uh, of Russians. By the way, if that is accurate, do the math. How much longer can Ukraine possibly last? The seven to one kill ratio was a slaughter, isn't it, Larry?
2: Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a war of attrition and uh, Ukraine doesn't have the manpower to, to sustain it. Yeah. But this brief, what these documents that have been released shows is that there is a big discrepancy between what officials like Milley and Austin say in public and what is actually being said in classified briefings as an example. Uh, the, the, the casualty figures you note. It, it does show that there's a much uh, higher Ukrainian casualty than Russian casualty level. Uh, you also note that uh, some of the information is, uh, in, in terms of the ability of Ukraine to s- sustain operations, uh, particularly the collapse of their air defense system, the lack of artillery shells, that's all in the briefings. And yet M- Milley and Austin insist, oh yeah, Ukraine's doing great, they're going to march on to victory. So they're, they're just, they're, they're, it's not even putting lipstick on a pig. It's just making something up.
1: Here's, um, uh, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin testifying under oath, Larry. So I want your comments on this before the, uh, Senate foreign relations committee, the, uh, questioner, is uh, Mississippi Senator Roger Wicker. Take a listen.
2: With regard to your optimism about Ukraine having the upper hand, that is what you told me yesterday.
0: It, it is. Now, uh, Ukrainians have inflicted significant casualties on the Russians, and they have depleted their, uh, their inventory of uh, armored vehicles in a way that no one would have ever imagined. And so now we see Russia reaching for T-54s and T-55 tanks because of the level of damage that the Ukrainians have inflicted on them. And we have, in the meantime, been... And reaching, reaching for those tanks uh, demonstrates what to you, sir? It demonstrates that uh, their capability is waning. And we've uh, continued uh, to witness uh, them be challenged with artillery munitions and other things. And they're reaching out to Iran, they're reaching out to, uh, to North Korea... I think, you know, we'll see an increase in the fighting in the spring as uh, conditions for maneuver improve. Do you believe there's a real
2: chance for significant Ukrainian advancements between now and the beginning of winter?
0: I believe there's a chance and we're doing everything that we can do to uh, ensure that they have their best opportunity to be successful, Senator.
1: Your comments on Secretary Austin's uh, candor and intellectual
2: honesty, if any. Uh, No intellectual honesty, and he's lying. Uh, That is the simplest way to put it.
1: Larry, I wouldn't have expected anything uh, sharper or anything less sharp or crisp from you, but
2: please go ahead. Well, well, it's just when you look at what's in these documents, the the, the documents are saying as of one march that uh, Ukraine does not have enough artillery to to even fire 1,500 shells a day. While the Russians are firing twenty thousand, and the documents make clear that the ability of the United States and Europe to provide adequate supplies is not there, so you know that's what he's been, he's seeing it. His aides are seeing it. Uh, he should know that. Uh, as far as the depletion of uh, of uh, armor, that's the problem with Ukraine, not Russia. He's. You know, maybe he confused and read, you know, a form of dyslexia where Ukraine looks like Russia. I don't know. But uh, it is, it's is—it's ridiculous. Uh, is this just,
1: just part of the job uh, that high ranking uh, officials in the military would lie under oath uh, to Congress? I mean, the great Yankee pitcher, I say this because yeah. I'm a Yankee fan, Roger Clemens, is the last person prosecuted for lying under oath to Congress, and it was about the contents of his urine during a urine test that the Yankees compelled him to take. And he was prosecuted. First time a hung jury, second time acquitted. I'm glad he was acquitted. But this is about life and death. This is about human beings being killed. This is about government expenditure in a secret war. Is anything going to happen?
2: No, no. I mean, this is ultimately about leadership, uh, because what Austin does by making these kinds of statements, when this collapse occurs, and it could occur within, you know, the next couple of weeks, it may be two or three months. The bottom line is Ukraine does not have the ability to sustain a war of attrition against Russia, and especially because neither the United States nor NO has resources to sustain that fight. So, when the class comes, it further undermines any confidence in military leadership. One of these days, there may be a real emergency where we have to trust someone like Austin. And just like the you know, old fable, the children's story of the boy who cried wolf, nobody will pay attention to him anymore. Because well, tell they me, will um... assume you've
1: lost before. Tell me if this next person is trustworthy, Uh, Admiral Kirby, uh, lamenting that this happened and saying they they don't know uh, who did it. So is this an intentional leak or they really not know it? But you listen to the Admiral and let us know what you think.
0: We don't know uh, who's responsible for this. And we don't know if uh, they have more that they they, they intend uh, to post.
1: So we're watching this and monitoring it as best we can. But the truth and the honest answer to your
0: question is we don't know. Credible,
2: Yeah. Well, well, uh, Kirby proves that the broken clock can be right twice a day. Usually (laughs) what he's saying is just so off base. But in this case, he's absolutely right. They don't know. I I think the most likely source for this is, let's call it an Edward Snowden type leak. Somebody rank and file on the inside who was just disgusted by what they saw as the public lying by senior officials and the reality of what's going on on the ground. Really, the slaughter of Ukrainians uh, and the slaughter is being enabled by the United States and by NATO. It'd be one thing if a real trained troops with proper with proper equipment were being sent out to fight the Russians, but that's not what's happening. They are press-ganging guys off the street, giving them a week or two of uh, training, basic familiarization. Then they're throwing them into the front, and they're completely un- uh, ill-equipped, unarmed to deal with the threat. You what, know, that do you is- think, what
1: do you think, President um, Zelensky? But le- let me, let me re- reframe the question. Um, Colonel McGregor uh, tells us, I suspect you agree that the commander-in-chief of the Ukraine military forces, I think General Zhuznov. I may not have the name right, uh, Zheluzhny, the one that did the interview for uh, The Economist magazine with, with Zelensky sitting there like a bump on a log next to him, that this general is credible and is well-respected in, in the military community of generals, Russian and, and Western. What do you think their goal is if they're taking boys and old men off the street, training them for a week or two, and then putting them into the slaughter? I mean, this can't last.
2: No, it, it can't. And you have to wonder at what point will these officers, you know, let's say, reach a breaking point. But, you know, candidly, Judge, we've seen sort of the same disgraceful military leadership here in the United States. You didn't have a single senior officer, for example, then the start of the war in Iraq in 2003, stand up and resign and say, wait, this is wrong. Well, I'm not going to, going to go along with this. There, there is a habit of these senior officers, when they get to the top, that they don't want to jeopardize what they see as their retirement or their reputation, at least within polite society. So it's, this is nothing that's just unique to Ukraine. We've seen it actually across the board. And, you know, these, these gentlemen, they're, they have enough experience. Uh, they're, they're not without knowledge. And yet, they, just the fact that they are continuing to pour you, young men, it's not just young men, it's middle-aged guys. And it's guys mm-hmm. in, the, in their 60s that are being sent to the front without the, the full complement of training and equipment to be, to be effective. Well, you, you're, you're
1: sending people poorly trained, inadequately trained, barely trained to the front. You have a seven to one kill ratio, which is somewhere between a turkey shoot and a slaughter. Anybody uh, can do the math. But here's the man responsible for that. Now, there's a translation of President Zelensky. It sounds like it's done by a computer. I could be wrong. It's a little tough to hear. So we're going to play it for you twice. But here's President Zelensky on what his goal is.
0: The world should know respect and order will return to international relations only when the Ukrainian flag returns to Crimea when there is freedom there just like everywhere else in Ukraine The world should know respect and order will return to international relations only when the Ukrainian flag returns to Crimea when there is freedom there just like
1: everywhere else in Ukraine Only when the Ukrainian flag returns to Crimea now that is a military impossibility, not improbability, impossibility, is it Correct.
2: not? Yeah. yeah. No, Russia, uh, Russia will not give up Crimea uh, because of its historical roots. You know, the real irony here, Z- uh, Zelensky ran on a platform to get elected of seeking peace with Russia with respect <laughs> to the Donbass. I mean, that was his promise that he was going to do a complete turnaround. And once he was in office, boy, you talk about the, uh, an about face, uh, he did a complete 180 degree.
1: And as far as we know, unlike, uh, Richard Nixon, uh, during Vietnam, there is no back channel communication between Moscow, Kiev and Washington
2: because the Americans won't permit it. Um, uh, I wouldn't go that far. I think there are still some lines of communication open uh, between, at least between American military and Russian military to de-conflict. But, but this, it's not a warm, open com- com- conversation, not at all. And, 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 and frankly, Russia has developed great distrust about whatever it has heard from Blinken or from Jake Sullivan or from Biden. So there's that lack of trust and confidence. It is, in fact, it's not just with Russia. You've seen it from China as well. Uh, the, the United States has completely alienated itself on in, in the, in the
1: diplomatic front. Um, w- one of the takeaways from these documents is the uh, effectiveness of the American intelligence community. The documents purport to show that the U.S. knows Russian uh, military plans before they're executed uh, and can inform uh, Ukrainian military of this. So if the U.S. knows when and where the Russians are going to strike and can tell the Ukrainian military and the Ukrainians are still getting the you-know-what kicked out of them. Yeah. You know, how much longer is this going to last? Surely, whatever the U.S. knows, Putin knows that they know. Am I right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. the The world we live in, with what they, you know, the intelligence, surveillance, reconnaissance platforms, not just airplanes, satellites, balloons, drones, makes it virtually impossible to hide troop movements, to hide gathering formations of vehicles. Uh, it, it's not like, in world war ii you could create a fake army with general Patton and then and, and some inflatable tanks and artillery pieces that you can't do that anymore simply because of the robust nature of the isr capabilities on both sides both russian nato when i when nato i'm referencing ukraine because ukraine is a de facto war with nato <clears throat>
1: I suppose the next step is uh, the FBI will find some person that they will use technology to trace all of this back to. And that person will be prosecuted and sentenced to 20, 30, 40 years in jail. And then maybe uh, a President Trump or a future president, whoever it might be, will commute the sentence uh, or pardon the person. People get punished for uh, revealing the truth. They don't get rewarded in this country.
2: Well, and what you, whoever took these documents uh, took care to try to at least hide their tracks because th- these documents had to be printed off in what's called a, a sensitive compartmented information facility, a skiff. And in that skiff, you only handle top secret material. So you, you can't take a camera in there and start taking photographs of documents on the table. Uh, you're not allowed to take any kind of uh, a communications well, How
1: How would you physically get that data out of the SCIF?
2: You, you fold it up and you can put it into a back. Uh, I've worked in skiffs where you're allowed to take in backpacks. So you can put it and, into and a backpack.
1: Was your backpack inspected when you arrived and when no, you
2: left? No, 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 never. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking about 23 years. So you uh, could doing, go into a
1: skiff. You could go. How big is a skiff? Is it the size of a closet or is it the size no, of it, a it, football
2: field? It, it, it varies according to the particular joint operations center. Uh, but at least it, you know it, it would be a, a good, a, a large enough room to accommodate, say, 20 to 25 people, and then you'd have one or two printers there. So the, the document would be printed off, and you could the pretext for printing it off is said, hey, the boss wants to wants to see the pages, so you're going to print it off and take it out to the boss, and you could you know that that could be done, and then once you get it out there, you go to the bathroom, fold it up, you know, put in your clothes, walk out. There are a variety of ways. You can put it in what's called a burn bag. Everyday documents that you know you're not going to use, just toss them in a burn bag. You're not, they're not shredded at that point. The bag's taken out, taken to a facility where those documents are supposed to be shredded and destroyed. So there are a variety of ways that this could have gotten out of that skiff. But what is what's, what we know for sure because of the nature of the documents They were in a skiff somewhere, whether it was at a civilian intelligence organization like the CIA or a military intelligence organization like DIA or at a military command, uh, uh, the European command uh, over in Stuttgart, Germany. It could be a variety. And that's what the investigators from both uh, the Pentagon and the Department of Justice are going to be trying to run down.
1: Larry Johnson, always a pleasure, my dear friend. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Judge. If you like what you just saw and heard, Larry, of course, joins us every week. Like and subscribe. You know more as we get it. Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom.